This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, November 29th, 2019. I'm Caleb Brown. There are now 10 Tuttle Twins books out there teaching the economic way of thinking to young people. Now Connor Boyack, the author of those books, has created Free Market Rules, regularly delivered lesson plans for families to engage with economic concepts of scarcity, trade, and many others. We spoke last month in Colorado Springs. So you've produced... 10 of these Tuttle Twins books, and I'll commend, I can commend people uh, to look at several of them. I haven't seen all of them myself, but uh, they are engaging. Um, they tell a good story. I think the law is probably the one that I uh, connected mm-hmm. to the best and, and really enjoyed and look forward to sharing those with my kids. But you've gone a step further now to develop a, an econ sort of free market curriculum for not just kids, but families. Yeah. Uh, we, we did a survey recently and 60% of our audience is homeschoolers, 40% are, are public or private school. And so most of our audience, they're on the hunt for curriculum. They want more content. And we do about two books a year. That's kind of our publishing rate. And so the biggest kind of feedback we get is we want more, we want more, what, what should we do next? And so there was this demand for more consistent content to be able to accommodate the families who want to invest the time to spend together learning this type of stuff. And so free market rules is what we're calling this, freemarket.tuttletwins.com. That's where we are now providing weekly curriculum so that the entire family can learn free markets together in the home. So what does that look like? What are some of the the basic lessons that you uh, cover? So no matter when you sign up for this program, you all will start at week one, unit one. And then we kind of build you from there week over week. And so obviously we start out with simple concepts. We're talking about, you know, what are the differences between needs and wants? And why do they change over time? And how does scarcity play into that? And why do you decide to then trade? And what is barter? And so we're using age-appropriate activities and lessons and projects and you know, direct applications so that the families are doing these little projects together. They're doing little field trips. They're writing a little essay. They're watching part of a film to kind of analyze it from that perspective. And so all of this is designed to get the family discussing these ideas in more depth. But we do start everyone very simple, but then we'll kind of lead you along the way in the months and years to come. So how do you address trade with young people? I have two children, and it seems that uh, exchanging resources is not uh, a natural uh uh, right activity for them. Yeah, it's it's tough, right? That that's the toughest thing about these types of concepts is like on the one hand, a lot of these concepts are simple enough for kids to understand. You think about something, you know, outside of the econ context, but I remember when we did the Golden Rule Tuttle Twins book, right? This is a a lesson and an example that you can easily apply to kids and help them understand, well, yeah, of course he punched you back. That's blowback, right? Like you should treat other people the way you want to be treated. And then the economic concepts uh, concepts obviously get a little bit of a twist. I think with something like trade, you think of talking to these little kids and a lot of what they do is in their own rational self-interest, right? They're very kind of possessive. and But I think you do see that the kids start to realize like, wait a minute, there are these win-win opportunities. And so in the activities, we try and design those opportunities, number one, for them to kind of analyze something else. Like, hey, watch that little Disney movie, and do you see why they did that? Why do you think they did that? Or, hey, go to the grocery store, and why are there 18 kinds of potato chips? And trying to observe from the real world why things happen that way. But then we try and take that learning, and with the little activities and stuff, 
give them some opportunities to experience that in their own life. Um, finally, what we do is every single week we provide um, the families what we call dinner conversation starters. These are really just discussion questions, but each week the family, the the parent or parents, and then the kids of different ages are all learning the same concept together. Like maybe the five-year-old will have a little activity that's a crossword puzzle or a coloring page, whereas the teenager might have a little field trip or a service project, but it's all geared towards that week's concept, right? Everyone's learning that idea together. So then we say, hey, when you're done doing those projects, here's some dinner conversation starters to help you kind of unpack that and have a meaningful conversation as a family. Talk about things that matter and help your kids make sense of their world. It, yeah, it seems like what some of the most useful things that you could provide for young people would be to uh, give them an opportunity to observe the world around them and ask really basic questions about why is this the case? That's exactly right. And the biggest travesty, I think, is that schools don't really facilitate this. Textbooks don't really provide that opportunity. Most teachers haven't been taught the economic way of thinking. They don't understand how to facilitate those discussions. And so we have this entire generation growing up without this opportunity to engage in these issues and really spend a lot of time thinking about that. And so our whole goal with the Tuttle Twins is to facilitate those discussions and facilitate that learning. Yeah, it's um, it, it's a lot easier to marvel at how the marketplace works when you understand that it is, it's not a given and that there are so many different millions, hundreds of millions, trillions of decisions that went into the opportunities that are in front of you now. Uh, that's exactly right. And it's why I'm terrified seeing poll after poll coming out showing millennials support socialism. And, you know, there was one recently showing one in three millennials support you know, are okay with communism and, and, and just, it's the quote, right. That we all know that those who don't learn from the past are condemned to repeat it. And there's so many economic travesties set aside the political ones where you get, you know, death and war and all that, but even just the economic travesties that cause a lot of human suffering that can be avoided. If we just understand the past, if we kind of compare and contrast these economic models, and I don't blame these millennials for having those opinions. They see this kind of you know, culturally popular, you know, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie and all this kind of stuff. And it's fun. Your friends are doing it. It's appealing. I blame an educational system that uh, has failed those people by not helping them develop the critical thinking to understand what they're actually supporting. And, you know, that's my kind of criticism writ large of the education system is can we really trust a socialist-based system, right? I mean, that's how public education is funded to be critical of socialism. Well, of course not, right? It's incumbent upon us as families to expose our children to these ideas, to pass on, you know, the lessons of a free society. And, and uh, I think a lot of parents, well-intentioned, would want to do that, but they lack the, the ability, the confidence to do that, the resources to do that. That's our entire goal is to arm those types of parents and say, hey, you want to have these conversations? Awesome. Here's a curriculum here's some books. We want to be able to help facilitate exactly that. How long is the curriculum? Right now we're planning two to three years, but really this is going to be market response. If we get people staying with us the entire way saying, this is great, let's keep going. I've got more kids. We're you know going all the way through it. Awesome. Um, it reminds me when we did the Tuttle Twins books, You know, my plan at the time was, oh, we'll do eight to 10 books. And now we're at number 10. We're already working on number 11. I've got plans all the way through 15 uh, in terms of topics. The, the market demand is there. I mean, we clearly have, we've just recently passed over half a million Tuttle Twins books sold in distribution, which is for us as a like self-publishing nonprofit kind of whatever, it's 
humbling and exciting. And, and to me, that just means there's demand for this type of material. So we want to keep satisfying that demand. Connor Boyack is author of the Tuttle Twins book series and is president of the Libertas Institute in Utah. We spoke last month in Colorado Springs. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you please and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. 